1: Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. And Satan's still at work with this strategy today by adding rules and regulations that are claimed to be in the Bible. For example, I know an organization where if you join that organization, you have to sign that, You believe that all of the wine in the Bible was grape juice and non-alcoholic, and God commanded to not drink wine. I'm not promoting the use of wine, but to say that the Bible forbids the drinking of wine is not true, and it just adds confusion to what the Bible does teach. And by the way, the Bible does have warnings about the dangers of intoxication with alcohol. But adding rules and regulations to the Bible is dangerous because this undermines the simple truths of what God said when he clearly states things. And the devil uses strategy of adding to the Bible in order to plant the confusion of, the Bible says this, but it means that. And once the devil has that concept in the mind, once the devil has that in mind, then it's easy for him to move to, you can't trust what the Bible is saying literally. Then the devil has accomplished his goal of getting a person not to rely on the Bible. So the need is to reject the statement. The Bible says this, but it means that. The need is to look at the Bible and to say this, if the plain sense makes good sense, don't look for any other sense. And Satan added to the word of God by saying, you shall not eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, all the trees in the garden. So with greater room, great goal direction, Satan, by adding to the word of God, he's gotten Eve to say that, no, no, no. And once Satan had it in the mind of Eve, Eve was confused about what God did say, and then God clearly just said, don't eat of one tree in the garden. In Genesis three seventeen, just as crystal clear, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. But after Eve listened to Satan, add to the word of God, she added to the word of God. When she said in Genesis 3.3, 3, Genesis 3.3, 3, she said, God said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it. God said nothing about touching the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's not a bad, no, don't get me wrong. It's not a bad idea to not touch the forbidden fruit, but God said nothing about touching it. The problem was she added a prohibition to touching the fruit. She added that to the word of God because adding to the word of God confused Eve of what God actually said. And this led Eve right down the road to ignoring what God actually did say, which is where Satan was going with his room. It's not a bad idea to not drink wine, but God said nothing about not drinking wine. But the problem is adding a prohibition to drinking wine to the word of God, because adding to the word of God confuses a person over what God actually did say. And this leads a person right down the road to ignoring what God said. This is his goal. Once Satan had this gold-oriented a room to get Eve to add to, be confused over what God said, then he had accomplished his purpose of causing her not to rely on what God did actually say. He got her confused. It's a very effective weapon that he uses to get people confused. And once he did that, then he had actually, Satan had actually disarmed Eve. She didn't even know it. Eve had one very effective weapon against the devil, which is an essential part of the whole protection that God has provided in Ephesians 6.13. Ephesians 6.13, the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And that offensive weapon, the only offensive weapon in the armor is Ephesians 6.17, Ephesians 6.17, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Eve had in her hand her only effective weapon against the Satan, and that was the sword of the word of God. And once Satan got Eve to add to the word of God She got confused, and when she was confused, you could just hear a resounding crash as that sword dropped out of her hand, and she was left without the word of God. Disarmed, she was an easy prey, easy prey. And then he was able to come right up to Eve and fang her, the serpent, fanged her with the injection of the poison. God has lied to you. God hates you. God is harming you. She didn't even feel those fangs. She didn't even feel those fangs when they went in. In Genesis 3-4, the serpent said unto her woman, you shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Those two verses in Genesis 3, 4, and 5 were the fatal venom that Eve was fanged with. And immediately that fatal venom spread through Eve's soul as her sight was poisoned with Satan's venom and her desire was poisoned with Satan's venom and her taste was poisoned with Satan's venom. And so now here she is well fanged with Satan's venom of distrusting the word of God. Satan's venom now spread all throughout Eve and that moved her to a spiritual death. With Genesis 3, 6, 6, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. So from the skill of the Arum gold directed devil, Eve was disarmed of the word of God and she was fanged with this poisonous venom of God can't be trusted. And one word described what happened to Adam and Eve after that, and it's the word fall. Fall, the fall was into sin. The fall was into death. The fall was the fall of mankind. That fall was our fall, our personal fall. Each one of us, you, me, that was our personal fall. Set us on a course where we fell into sin and death. And when we fall into sin, we fall into a state of guilt. And when we're not guilty because we feel guilty, we're guilty because we are guilty. It only takes for us to commit one sin to be guilty. The Bible says in James 2.10, James 2.10, whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. He's guilty of all. It just takes for us to commit one solitary, lone sin for us to be guilty, that's it. And we've all committed innumerable sins which is why we are innumerably guilty. And this guilt, it weighs heavily on the soul, which is why there's this sense of feeling tired because it's exhausting to be carrying a heavy weight of guilt. Guilt makes a person feel jumpy, where the slightest noise frightens because guilt is inescapable. Guilt demands that a price be paid. Man, under the weight of his guilt, looks for all kinds of ways to get rid of the guilt. One way is to overcompensate with good works, so many good works that somehow are gonna tip the scale and outweigh this weight, this big weight of guilt. So many good works that will just cause a person to forget all the sins he's done and just remember all the good works. But all the good works that a person can do is just not enough to tilt the scale and outweigh the weight of guilt. Good works cannot take away guilt because only a full payment can satisfy the debt of sin and take away that guilt. Guilt is a horrible consequence of the fall into sin. And with the fall into sin, there's a fall into a state of inner dirtiness, filthiness. When I was in Japan, my customers would invite me to a, a weekend at an onsen, a Japanese hot spring, where men would go in this hot spring. And, but before you go into the hot spring, this is a very elaborate cleaning process. Cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. And you go in there. And after you go in the hot spring, it's more cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. And you come out there squeaky clean, very clean. And no matter how much a person cleans themselves and cleans themselves and cleans themselves, you can't clean the inside. You cannot clean the inside. The Bible says that inside Isaiah 64, 6, Isaiah 64, 6, we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We all fade like a leaf. Our iniquities have taken us away like the wind. And we all like to think of ourselves as clean. We like to think of ourselves as clean. We all all like to smell nice. We brush our teeth so we don't smell nice. We don't have dirty mouth smell. We put on clean clothes so we look clean. We all like to smell clean, look clean. That's what we like to do. None of us like to think of ourselves as filthy, but the Bible says we are filthy unclean. On the inside, Isaiah 64, 6, we are all as an unclean thing. Not only the sins of our actions have made us unclean, but our sinful thoughts have made us unclean because Jesus said in Matthew 15, 18, Matthew 15, 18, those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies, these are the things that defile a man. Every time there is a wish, oh, I wish that person was dead, that's murder. Every time there is a thought of sex outside of marriage, that's adultery, that's fornication. Every lie, every thought that God was evil, those are all indelible filth on the soul, and only a soul cleansing can remove that filth. And soul defilement is a horrible consequence of falling fall into sin. And with the fall into sin comes an inner sense of want, an empty feeling. A man feels like he's just not really complete inside. I just don't have it. I feel hungry for something, man says, but he doesn't know what it is. He thinks maybe it's money. If only I had money, then I'd feel complete. When he gets money, not satisfied. So he next moves on to buying things with the money. I need this, I need that. Always looking for that one thing that will satisfy that inner hunger, that inner thirst. He thinks maybe a relationship, maybe that woman, maybe that man, that perfect person that I can link up with. Always searching, never finding, because inner hunger and inner thirst are a horrible consequence of falling into sin. And then man feels in a state of conflict, tension. So many antidepressive drugs are given today. He feels that he's on the high alert, like in a war. Can't really let his guard down. He can't really truly relax. He feels like a soldier who never sleeps with his weapon far from him, always with his helmet and his weapon near him about one-third of all people in the US report that they have insomnia. That's the reported rate. Of the reported rate, it is growing at a rate of 6%. Insomnia is much higher than that because those figures are only for people that report that they have insomnia. I mean, think about it. One out of three people in the US have reported that they have insomnia. Soldiers have insomnia because they're always at war. They never know when the next battle is going to come. The Bible teaches that sin brings a conflict to the soul and a state of no peace. Isaiah 57:20, Isaiah 57:20 says, "The wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There's no peace," saith my God to the wicked. Sin makes a person to be like a troubled sea, restless, no peace. No peace is a horrible consequence of a fall into sin. Another consequence of sin is the feeling of loneliness. A person could be surrounded by a crowd of people and feel a loneliness inside. Someone could be sitting in a pew right next to you and feel a loneliness inside, surrounded. A person could be married and all the time to be with his or her spouse and yet feel lonely and always live with that fear. Maybe that spouse is gonna die. And just the thought of losing that spouse is enough to trigger a deep feeling of loneliness. People are just not able to satisfy that inner feeling of loneliness, even with a spouse. A woman might say to her husband, I feel so lonely. Her husband might say, well, what am I, chopped liver? And the lonely is not taken away because it's a special kind of loneliness. Loneliness is a horrible consequence to falling into sin. And then sin brings about this feeling of emptiness inside. Days are filled with rushing, putting out this fire, putting out that fire, going from this crisis to that crisis. No lack of things to do. No lack of responsibilities that need to be met. No lack of promises that have to be kept. But then there's finally that time to sit down and look back on life. And there's that feeling of emptiness. Emptiness. That feeling of that, is that what it's all about? Alfie? Is that all there is to life? Just doing, doing, doing until that final call, that final 911 call, and then a memorial service? Is there nothing more? And all that thinking just amplifies the deep feeling of emptiness, a feeling of being unfulfilled in life. Some might say, I'm so busy, I don't have time to think about my emptiness, but that doesn't remove the emptiness. Emptiness is a horrible consequence of falling into sin. And sin brings about a feeling of being hurt. Life hurts. People we have put our trust in and confidence in hurt us. We've been betrayed by those who we trusted. Sometimes being betrayed has hurt so deeply that it's caused us to become hard and hurt others. And so the cycle of hurt and being hurt. Divorce, God calls betrayal, treachery. Hurt is a horrible consequence of falling into sin. And sin causes a person to feel like, I don't have an anchor in life. There's an overall feeling of insecurity. News is so frightening. There comes this feeling of the need to lock the doors, get more locks on the doors. I remember when my mother and my stepfather lived in New York City and we spent one night with them there. There were four locks on the doors. One, two, three, four, every night. This place was more secure than Fort Knox. There's that feeling of a separation from where did I come from? That feeling of not knowing where did I come from. It's amazing to see the popularity in this genetic testing of uh, 23andMe and Ancestor.com to to find out roots. Oh, the movie Roots, how popular popular that was. Because the question is who are my ancestors? What nationalities make up a part of my heritage? If I can just find out who my people are, then maybe I can find myself and discover a new self, a new self that's not the self I've known, not the guilty self, not the dirty self, not the broken self, not the restless self, not the lonely self, not the empty self, not the hurt self. Somewhere in the pedigree of my ancestors, I hope to find a new self because there's this underlying feeling of insecurity the insecurity of not knowing where I came from, the insecurity of not knowing why am I here? Why am I alive on earth? And the insecurity of not knowing where am I going? All of that insecurity is a horrible consequence of falling into sin. And then with all that insecurity, it just brings about thinking of the conclusion that I'm lost, I'm lost. I'm wandering about in life with no sense of direction, I mean, being lost is like going around in circles and coming back to the same place and to realize that I've been here before. The only thing that's changed is the time. Time has gone. I'm no closer to where I want to be because I don't know where I want to be. Last week, a, a young man named Manuel came up to the beach wall down in Loretto, Mexico, and he started to yell. And so I went out and I sat with him and we had a nice talk together. He's 27 years old. He's from Oaxaca, and it's the southwest part of Mexico. And, he was uh, a freshwater fisherman and he described the fish that he caught there in the clear rivers of Oaxaca. And, and I told him about the fish that was there in the Gulf of California, and he never heard of those, and I never heard of those. And uh, he left his home alone and he was in Loretto, had been there for four days. And nice lady told him he could sleep in an abandoned house, and he was walking on the beach, and he showed me a receipt. He said he was so proud of this receipt. Pulled it out, showed it was from Coppel department store, and it was for 1,000 pesos, $50. And uh, he was very proud of that receipt because it was from his father, and it showed that his father, his family, loved him and cared for him. And I asked him, well, why did you come to Loretto? And he told me, he said he wanted to, suerte. He wanted, I wanted to prove my, uh, to try out my luck, strike out on my own, my luck. And he was searching. Paul Simon wrote a song called America. In his song, he used America as a place that people were looking for, and they never found. And in the song, America, it's about a young boy and a young girl who said to themselves, let us be lovers, we'll marry our fortunes together. I've got some real estate here in my bag. So we bought a pack of cigarettes and Mrs. Wagner's pies and walked off to look for America. And at one point, they're on a Greyhound bus. The boy says, Kathy, I'm lost, I said, though I knew she was sleeping. I'm empty and aching, and I don't know why. Counting the cars on the New Jersey Turnpike, they've all come to look for America. All come to look for America. All come to look for America. The boy said, Kathy, I'm lost. I'm aching, I'm empty and aching, and I don't know why. And the reason he was empty and aching is because, as he said it, he was lost. Being lost is a horrible consequence of falling into sin. And all of these horrible consequences of falling into sin, the guilt, the dirtiness, the brokenness, the restlessness, the loneliness— The emptiness, the hurt, the insecurity, the lostness, they're all symptoms of one state, death. In the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Spiritual death, soul death, inner death, all because of that one promise that motivated Satan in Genesis 2.17. Genesis 2.17, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And when Adam and Eve fell into sin, they surely died. And Satan, as an enemy of God and an enemy of man, was overjoyed and rejoicing at those horrible consequences that followed the spiritual death. And Micah sees the devil over him and rejoicing because of those horrible consequences of sin. and Micah from underneath, says to Satan in Micah 7:8 our verse, Micah 78, Rejoice not over me, O mine enemy. And we can imagine Micah saying, we can imagine Satan saying to Micah, why not Micah? Why should I not rejoice over you as your enemy? I won. You are defeated. You are in misery with those horrible consequences of sin you fell into. And Micah then musters up his strength and he says to Satan, I have hope. And my hope is, verse 8, Micah 7, verse 8. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Micah knew that he had fallen into sin because Micah said in this verse, the next verse, verse 9, Micah 7, 9, Micah 7, 9. I have sinned against him. Micah knew he fell into sin. Micah knew he was in the darkness of sin. Micah knew that he was experiencing the horrible consequences of the fall into sin when he said in verse 8, in verse 8, when I sit in darkness, Micah had the hope of when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. When I fall, I shall arise. Micah's hope was in the resurrection from death unto life. Micah knew he was going to be resurrected from the darkness of death into the light of life. When I sit in darkness, Micah said, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Micah knew that he was going to be resurrected by following the Lord out of darkness into life, as Peter put it in 1 Peter 2.9, 1 Peter 2.9, show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Micah knew that he was going to follow God as his savior from death as when Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead. He was a leader bringing others from the dead into life. According to Hebrews 2.10, Hebrews 2.10, it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor@friendshipwithgod.org, at or call us at 800-247-247. Three zero five one. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at five thirty PM Pacific Standard Time.
0: What are you doing Sunday nights?